Welcome to That Good May Become with me, Laura Scappatici, where we learn to illuminate the esoteric in our everyday lives. Hey everyone, did you know that before I was 12, I broke seven bones and had a total of 20 stitches in my chin, 13 the first time and seven the next? Well, welcome to season three. I'm going to tell you what it's all about in just a second. But first of all, thank you for joining me. And I'm so happy you're here with me to disrupt the forces of materialism and connect with the most living things in life. So the topic of this season is vast. It's healing. Every person I've talked to has a different angle on it. There's physical healing, there's allopathic medicine, there's naturopathic medicine, there's homeopathic medicine, there's emotional healing, there's healing trauma, there's healing techniques like tapping, breath work, yoga, talk therapy, the list goes on and on and on. And honestly, what I've sort of discovered is that I think there are as many different kinds of healing as there are people. And each person has their own path and each person will at some point be on a healing journey. I'm certainly not an expert on this topic, but I'm here to explore with you. So this is a solo episode. It's pretty short, but I thought I'd share a little bit more about my journey with healing and my experiences. When I was two, I was in an oxygen tent due to an asthma attack from being around puppies. Oh my God, the cutest little German short hair pointer puppies, so adorable. Um, after that, I had years of allergy shots and antibiotics for ear infections. I couldn't eat chocolate. I couldn't eat bananas. I couldn't have any dairy. Let me tell you, not having ice cream or chocolate when you're a kid, not fun at all. So that's the physical backdrop for when I was a child. When my parents got divorced and I was nine, my little brother and I were introduced to therapy, talk therapy. It was the beginning of a lifelong connection for us with a wish to understand ourselves, which even led to my graduate degree in school counseling. So I got really curious. I remember being in that waiting room, waiting for my mom to come out, and then we would go in after (laughs) and talk to this therapist, and we had like little stuffed animals we would play with while we were waiting, but it always stuck with me that there was someone there that was going to listen to us, whether I understood it or not. Let's jump forward a little bit to college, and the spiritual awakening, I think, really happened there. I kind of started out with some tarot card readings and ended with the Celestine Prophecy. Do you remember that book? Oh my gosh, I think maybe it's like cheesy. I'm not sure, but it really affected me. Um, I ended up in a summer-long residency at the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies in Rhinebeck, New York, and I met ecstatic dancing there. I met the Feldenkrais method of bodywork, and I met the actual man, Deepak Chopra. I moved to California a few short months after that, and I thought everyone would like understand my alternative outlook on life, and kind of they did. Um, they had different perspectives on healing and on nutrition, and you know, coming from the East Coast and like a little, you know, steel town, 
It was very different to live all the way out West. I worked at an essential oil shop, one of the first ones there. I think it was called Soothe Your Soul. This was before there were these big industries of essential oils. That shop was pretty cool, and I learned some things there. But at the same time, I ended up in a bit of a post-college depression, the quarter-life crisis, I think they call it. And I moved back to Pennsylvania, and you know that was my first real challenge with mental health stuff. And I had a little bit of that my senior year because, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me and I kind of felt alone. I was living by myself in an apartment, which was awesome, but still, but I had all the spiritual stuff going on. But then when I moved out to California, I felt pretty isolated, even though I was living with my older brother and sister-in-law who are awesome. But it was a challenging time. I think that move out of community. So probably community has something to do with health as well. So there was very little in terms of holistic healing in Pennsylvania, and I clung on to this magazine. I remember walking around with it, Natural Awakening. So it's like had all these little articles and on natural health and gatherings and things like that. And there was this teeny tiny health food store, Sign of the Bear, I remember. So I would go there and get my like health fix um, and feel like I was surrounded by something super healthy. And I would also go to Borders Books. Hey, throwback to Borders Books. Anybody remember that place? Um, and I would peruse the shelves on natural healing and spirituality and was just trying to discover something. I don't know my path maybe. And small towns can be tricky when it comes to this type of seeking, but I just, I really kept going. So I've also experienced cranial sacral therapy, muscle testing, NIA, which is a form of dance. And I eventually became a practitioner of that. And all these different things kind of came into my life as I moved from place to place. Um, different locations have different perspectives on what healing is. Wow. That was like a lot of healing action going on. <laughs> I can't believe all the things I just listed there. Do you have a list like this too? I wonder. Anyway, this brings me to my next point. The first season of this podcast was about self-knowledge and healing is deeply connected with self-knowledge. You can see that sort of outlining this. I understand the groove that I'm in when it comes to my health and with illness and emotional trauma and all of these things. The more we know about ourselves and our bodies and our emotional lives, the more connected we are. And the more I think we can tune into what we need for healing. So some things I know about myself, these are kind of silly things, but they're actual real, <laughs> really impactful for me on a daily basis. I know that after dinner, and everyone in my house can attest to this, I need to like put myself in time out for about 10 minutes to build my energy back up for the bedtime routine or D, D if we're going to play that or a game of nerds. Have you ever played nerds? You should definitely learn how to play nerds if you don't know how. And I also know that the minute I get a sore throat, I need to start drinking really, really super hot water, like the hottest I can get with lemon and that the warmth and the citrus is going to like help repair my entire situation, not just my throat, but like all of me. <laughs> and now I'm raising teenagers and I'm really wondering how to have them be in touch with their bodies and cultivate self-knowledge. I have some memories from my culture, um, my dad like pulling over to the side of the road and it was almost like like he would pull over so fast. It was it was almost as if he saw like a treasure chest like with gold spilling out of it all over the side of the road like someone had dropped $100 bills or something. <laughs> but guess what he was getting? He was getting watercress, right? And so he would go over and pick the watercress and it, it was so 
delicious for us and so healing. And he would do that with dandelion and oregano too. So I have that um, in my blood as well. And that's like a a self-knowledge thing too, to know that I have a sense that nature can heal. And I hope my children are picking that up when I go outside and pick the dandelion out of our front yard too. One of the things about healing, just even the word healing, is that there are other emotions attached to it. So I've so far sort of outlined a positive picture. But as we know, fear, shame, anxiety, and vulnerability can also be associated with healing. I'm going to read this little excerpt from a book called Illness as a Metaphor by Susan Sontag. It's from 1978. Illness is the night side of life a more onerous citizenship. Everyone who is born holds dual citizenship in the kingdom of the well and in the kingdom of the sick. Although we all prefer to use only the good passport, sooner or later, each of us is obliged, at least for a spell, to identify ourselves as citizens of that other place. So I think most of us can relate to this. I'm, I want to give like a very specific example from right now. I think there's a lot of shame around the coronavirus and those phone calls that we've all had to make or we've had people call us and it's like, oh my gosh, so-and-so just tested positive in our house or our son has coronavirus. Sorry, they were with you in the car the other day, whatever that is. With that in mind, I'd like to bring to this season the idea of self-compassion And all of us need healing of one kind or another. So I'm going to just define self-compassion as described by researcher and author Kristen Neff. So she she has books on self-compassion and the power of it. And I love this definition. It entails being warm and understanding toward ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. So it's, we don't ignore it. We don't beat ourselves up. We just have this warm and understanding outlook. Someone really close to me is unearthing childhood trauma right now and just growing in their understanding of how that's affected their outlook on their life and their relationship with their spouse and with their children. And I can see that there's this level of shame there. And so I think if we can have self-compassion be the counterpart of shame, I think that would be helpful. It's so painful for this person, but it's one of the most amazing and living processes I've ever witnessed in my life. Have you, you know, there's a saying, you know, people never change. Wow, they can. It's possible. And I'm watching it right before my very eyes. And it's really incredible. That's related to the emotional part of healing. And it's very funny. I was at the coffee shop last week talking to the barista about this season. And she was like, well, you know, you should start with emotional healing because if you can't start with emotional healing, if you don't have that, you know, your physical body. And then she said, wait a minute though, I guess if you do physical stuff, like your emotional well-being will, you know, increase as well. So exactly, Allie in the coffee shop, you're exactly right because (laughs) they're also connected and you can hear that in what I've talked about so far. So a final aspect I'd like to bring into this season is in a way connected to Gaia theory. Have you heard of Gaia theory? It's a hypothesis formulated by the chemist James Lovelock and co-developed by my brother Connor's mentor, the microbiologist Lynn Margulis. And it was in the 1970s. And basically it proposes that living organisms interact with their inorganic surroundings on earth to form a synergistic, self-regulating complex system 
that helps to maintain and perpetuate the conditions for life on the planet. So basically, it's it's saying that the earth is alive. It's alive in and of itself. I'd like to talk about two books I recently heard about. The first one is Finding the Mother Tree by Susan Simard, and I'm going to relate this all back to healing in just a minute. She's one of the leading forest ecologists, and her research has been peer-reviewed and just out there as scientific research. And what she's discovering is how living things in the forest are connecting to each other and helping each other out. These mother trees are amazing. They're helping the young trees trees. They're leaving legacies in a very, just in the way that we do. That's one book I wanted to bring to your attention. And the other is the book Inflamed by Rupa Maria and Raj Patel. Here's a little synopsis. The COVID pandemic and the shocking racial disparities in its impact, the surge in inflammatory illnesses such as gastrointestinal disorders and asthma, Mass uprisings around the world in response to systemic racism and violence, rising numbers of climate refugees, our bodies and societies and planet are inflamed. So when I think about healing, I like to take into account the earth and ask these questions. Like, think about it this way. Back to talk therapy. Have you heard of family systems therapy? It's kind of like that. There's not one identified patient. You know, this is the kid that's causing all the problems. It's the whole system. The whole family system gets treated. And you look at all the components. This makes a lot of sense, right? So when I think about my body, I wouldn't think of just the one part that's having the problem. Like what's happening in the system? And then when I think of my body as a whole and my illness, what's happening in my house? What's happening in my locality? What's happening with the earth and the planet? And how are these all connected? Okay, so here we go. With all this in mind, I'd like to ask you a few questions and you can work with them more deeply and get poems and verses to guide you on your way by downloading my worksheet, A Healing Connection. You can just go to my website and click on the link and you'll get it. I think this is an important component to understanding our spirituality, our living connection to life, and we can map it. And that mapping will give us more self-knowledge, which will lead to an easier road or a more informed road with our own healing process. So here's the first question. Ready? What did you learn in your family, culture, religion, community, locality, country about healing, illness, and health in general? So what did you learn there? And what experiences related to healing or illness felt wounding or out of resonance with your intuition, your feelings, your values, your ideals? Did you ever experience something related to healing or illness for yourself or for someone else that just felt like, "Mm, I can't jive with that. Something feels weird about that. And then finally, on the more spiritual side, were there times you felt connected to a healing force in your life? This connection could be through many things, including an encounter with a healer, a person, a being, a place, a location, uh, a certain type of healing practice, a treatment or intervention. So any kind of healer, any kind of practice, were there times that you felt connected to what I'm calling a healing force? All right. So let me just say, this season is invitational. 
It's an invitation for you to explore your own healing and your living connection to it. And I'm taking this exploration really seriously. And I'd like to ask for you to send me your questions and ideas about this topic to my email address. That's the best way to do it for right now. Connect at lauraskapatici.com and send me your questions and thoughts on healing. What else should I include? And I'll try to take those questions up and talk about them in another podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to this tiny little solo episode. Thanks for following and sharing the podcast wherever you can. 